This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Keep weighing in. What is the one thing, the main thing, your NFL team needs to do this offseason? Hit us up at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. In 10 minutes, the 49ers are the kings of the NFC Hill. But who can knock them off their perch in 2024? We got some candidates, and one of them will be a surprise that comes away in about 10 minutes. And it is not a surprise that Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers head coach, he understands exactly what's been said about him and not winning big games in the last 48 hours. He had a very interesting answer today speaking on that and responding to all that smoke about him and not getting it done. I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for – what I know about football and stuff, and I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fix perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. We've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. But it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough losing to Kansas City. But to think that if if we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. That's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure, uh, it comes down to one game. And I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. Well, Kyle, you understand uh, understand how this goes. Right, you were the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons up twenty-eight to three. You didn't help from your play calling lead that team to a Super Bowl victory, right? And you had a massive lead, twenty-five points. You were up ten points in the fourth quarter versus Patrick Mahomes, the first time in the Super Bowl, and then you were up ten points in this game, and still the San Francisco 49ers couldn't get it done. So the narrative is going to be the narrative until you get the monkey and change the narrative. Mm -hmm. When you're able to win the big game, or should I say the biggest game, Kyle, because that's what they're talking about, the biggest game. We understand the San Francisco 49ers led by you as their head coach. Y'all had played in a lot of huge games, but the most important one is the one at the end when you have an opportunity to host up the Lombardi Trophy and for three times in the last, what, seven, eight years, you have not been able to do that with massive leads in that kind of contest. Mm -hmm. If they had not lost that Super Bowl the way they lost it, I wonder if that would have been as much smoke and heat going towards him. Because to me, Harry, this is just me spitballing. The narrative would have been Patrick Mahomes does it again. Patrick Mahomes, that magic, hey, 49ers, you're terrific. But that dude is seemingly, seemingly, even though that's not true, but seemingly unbeatable in those situations, had they not lost that Super Bowl the way that they did. And so many questions afterwards about why did you decide to take the ball first in overtime and then finding out that a couple of players said that they did not know the new overtime rules that existed. And you having to answer it this way with your Cal Shanahan, the 49ers head coach. We did say, and we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with them, make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but no, I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs, what 
you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get, um, especially ones I haven't been in. And um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right. And then I go off my gut in the heat of battle. And I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that. So uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. So it, it, with the, um, um, within that game, I, I thought Kyle Shanahan made some, some very dynamic play calls, mm-hmm. and he did a hell of a job. But there are also moments in which I felt like he could have been better, right? And, and George Kittle, we said before the game, George Kittle was going to be a pivotal player yeah. in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Boy, George, Kittle, George Kittle wasn't a non-factor in this game until really that fourth down that they needed on which they scored a touchdown drive on. Right. When he ran a little – little quick little choice route broke out Brock Purdy put him on him uh also once you've seen the Kansas City Chief defense starting to react to your motions Mm -hmm. by blitzing someone I wanted to see you try to counter also when it came to pressure I wanted you to anticipate that a little bit more sure right because we've seen the Cincinnati excuse me the Kansas City Chiefs have a ton of success Mm -hmm. being able to send pressure which in the second half 50 percent of uh, Brock Purdy's dropbacks they sent the pressure. They played mm-hmm. man coverage. They played cover zero right. a ton during that matchup. And I just thought it could have been better answers. And Kyle Shanahan didn't answer that from a coaching standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah. And then to yeah. top it off, you had the decision to take the football. So now everyone, yes, is going to pounce on you when you have all the stuff that you've had in your past lingering over this game that you're coming into. And People are going to make what they want to make of it. That's just the reality of sports and the media and the business. You can have belief in your formula or formulas, but sometimes you need to change the mixture, especially when the game's going on. And I wonder at times if he's too formulaic for his own good when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. That doesn't mean he's resistant to change. I don't believe that's the case with Kyle Shanahan, but he understands that this formula works. It may take a little bit to get it going, but we believe in that formula. We, we, we believe in our culture. And I wonder how much wiggle room there is. Because he even talked about that. I ingest that information before I make the right decision from everybody, whether it's analytics. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut and say, this is how we're going to have to win the damn game. I'll never get one of my friends. It was a college basketball coach at Marist College of Poughkeepsie, Dave McGarity. And he said there's a certain point in the game where they're playing against this team and they had a big lead and this team came back. And they're trying to dial up this play and dial up that play from assistant coaches. And he said, bleep that. He grabbed his point guard and said, go out there and make a play on three break. And his point guard went out there and made a play. I said, you didn't have a play. He said, no, I trust that guy was going to make a play. It can't just be about what was going to work. We said, we can't, they can't stop him. Go out there and make a damn play. And he went out there and made a play. He was not going to be formulaic in that moment because the formula was not working anymore. And you got to try something to have trust in your team and trust in your personnel. Andy Reid is notorious for that with the Kansas City Chiefs because he has a guy in Patrick Mahomes where he can do that. But you look at great coaches in the past where they had a formula, but sometimes you have to change the mixture to make sure you get the kind of plays and the kind of, the kind of end result that you want. Bill Belichick. 
Pedro Way was no toys for making adjustments if things weren't working early on. That's why he became a Hall of Fame head coach. Chuck Knowles the same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom Landry with the Dallas Cowboys. When Jimmy Johnson with the Dallas Cowboys, he was known for that. At a certain point, the formula, when it's not working, you can't just say we're going to stick with the formula or I'm going to stick with analytics. Sometimes you got to go your gut and say, how do I get the ball to my best players? And how can I do that to get that ball in space? And to me, he was unwilling to do that versus Kansas City. And it wound up costing him, especially in that overtime when the decision of the players did not make that formula work. I would also add, I think moving forward for Brock Purdy at the quarterback position, allowing him to have a little bit more freedom at the line of scrimmage, right? If you see certain blitzes and you see you don't have enough guys to block things up, hey, change the protection, slide it one way, or bring somebody back in so you know you're protected. Or if you're not going to be protected, it gives you that one extra second that you may need Mm -hmm. to find uh, Jawan Jennings, who's wide open, to find uh, Brandon Ayuk, in which his defender fell down on that third and fourth play before they kicked the field goal to go up three points in overtime. So I, th- I think, Cal, moving forward, you have to allow things to be orchestrated at the line of scrimmage a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because his quarterback has shown if he needs to go out and make a play, he can go out and do it yep. with his head, with his arm, with his legs. We saw in the MC Championship game, and at times, even in overtime, where he's getting pressure, flips out the Christian McCaffrey. Got the ball in space. He does a little dead leg move, and next thing you know, they're deep in Kansas City territory. You have a quarterback that's better than people think that has shown that if you give him more responsibility, he can make that work. We'll see exactly how he can marry that, too. When you got playmakers and you got a quarterback that is willing and definitely not afraid of trying to get the ball to those guys who are making a play for himself. And the, and the reason why I say that, though, Freddie, when I think about – Tom Brady and the adjustments that he makes at the line of scrimmage when he sees certain blitzes. Even Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in in regulation and overtime at the line of scrimmage, he sees something. Okay, third and two. Yep. I'm going to this play for my running back, Jarrett McKinnon, so he can pick up this first down versus this coverage that I'm seeing. Right, We see Aaron Rodgers on multiple of occasions be able to do it. I played with Matt Ryan. He was notorious at being able to decipher what the defense is doing at the line. Right. Hey, Harry, come back in. We need you to block. Or Tony, come back in. We need you to block. Hey, we only need two guys going out or three guys going out versus everyone going out in in route combinations to add a little bit more protection. And I just think moving forward, that's something Brock Purdy should be able to do. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together. And Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And you mentioned Brandon Ayuk and his future San Francisco 49ers. Put a very cryptic tweet out there on Monday in terms of don't forget – how you got there. That could, be, that could have been taken so many different ways from Brandon Ayuk. He had a chance to address his future and if it's going to be in San Francisco or somewhere else, or was he going to be cryptic? Brandon, there's been some stuff on social media. Is, is there a certain message that you want to get out there as you kind of enter this offseason and there might be contract talks? A certain message, no. Is your hope to remain with the 49ers moving forward? If that's the right move, yeah. What would that right move look like for you? Being a champion. Okay, so Brandon Ayuk said, I'm going to still be all in. To me, maybe that's the biggest threat to the San Francisco 49ers. As confident of a, as a football team that they played, I wonder how much of that confidence is shaken in each other, in their coach, whatever that is. I'm going to give you a team soon, but I wonder how much of that could be a big threat to San Francisco, that they had Kansas City right in their grasp. Kansas City gets away. They had to address question not being prepared properly in overtime by their head coach. That could be an aberration or could be the start of something and not in a good way for the offseason leading into the regular season for San Francisco in 2024. 
after losing a Super Bowl, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad. To be quite honest, Freddie, I would feel some type of way if you aren't. Okay. Right? If you're just happy-go-lucky about your day that you just lost a Super Bowl, I, I would think something actually is wrong with you sure. if that's how you are. Um, what I don't want to see when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers is division. Right? And I'm, I'm hearing too many things from offensive linemen mm-hmm. to Eric Armstead to Kyle Juszczyk to uh, messages from Brandon Ayuk. Th- this isn't, isn't the time for people to separate. Right. You got to stay together, man, and be in unison and move the same direction. If you want to get over this hump, right? My, my, my receiver coach and offensive coordinator in college, Paul Petrino, he always used to tell us, hey, if you're going to punch somebody, not telling you to go out there and punch anyone, but if you're going <laughs> to punch somebody, you don't do it with your fist open, right? Right. You mess around, you break your hand. Exactly. So you got to be together. Right. Right, to get the job done. You right. got to be together, man. Right. A closed fist will get a lot of things done. An open yeah. hand, that's too many individuals going their own way. And that is something that if you're Kyle Shanahan, I don't doubt that he's going to reign whatever this has been in terms of what guys have been saying or putting out there on social media. I don't have any doubt that he's going to reign that in. That doesn't mean that plenty of players won't be thinking back, man, can we get this done? We finally broke through, and it took a lot for us to do that against the Detroit Lions. We were this close to not getting it done on our home field when we were getting manhandled by the Detroit Lions. I wonder how much that doubt that you don't put doubt out there. You don't say, man, I don't know if we can do it. You're going to put on that face if you're San Francisco. You're going to put on that confident face if you're San Francisco to try to hide maybe behind those eyes and in your, in your mind and say, man, I hope we can do this. I believe it, but I want to, be, I want to believe we can do that. That kind of confidence crisis that I didn't think would be possible. I wonder if that could be coming to the surface a little bit sooner than later, especially on the way and how they lost Super Bowl 58 to the Kansas City Chiefs. My first team meeting of the offseason would literally be me talking to my team about how we have to be together and get over this hump yeah. as as one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need everybody in here to be together. We don't need anyone straying away on their own paths. We right. need everybody to be on the same path, to have the same goal, to have that tunnel vision. Yeah. We can't have people over here saying this. We can't have people over here saying that. Right. In order to get this done, it's going to take everyone in the room, but we all have to move as one. Okay, so we know there are more threats in the AFC to Kansas City than NFC threats to San Francisco. So if I throw a team at you and say – who is that team in 2024 that could be the biggest threat to knock them off their perch of being kings of the NFC when it comes to San Francisco? Who are you taking, Harry? Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. Because they love you, man. <laughs> Trust me, guys. I love you. <laughs> but I, I love Dan Campbell's attitude. And with him as the head coach and also Brad Holmes as the general manager – have been able to build in the process that they've been able to get it done in yeah. uh, is a is a thing of beauty, in, in my opinion. And, and it's not easy to be able to do, but they understood what they wanted their culture to look like and how they want it to be physically and mentally. Okay. And those players have bought in. And if I'm a free agent, I wouldn't mind going there because I see how I can be myself as an individual. Mm-hmm. I see how guys are together and I see the will to win. There's a ton of formal players on that coaching staff. And I really like what Detroit has going right now. You have the quarterback. Uh, I, I think on the defensive side, you know, another piece in the secondary or two defensive mm-hmm. line, yeah. get, get some more ferocious pass rushers. And I think this team would be exactly where they want to be. Maybe get another wide receiver as well. Uh, and, and they'd be right where they want to be. You notice that when Detroit lost to San Francisco, there was none of this what we heard from San Francisco. Nope. Dan Campbell kept the real. I told these guys, this may be your only opportunity. 
And plenty of guys afterwards were saying, yeah, he kept it real with us, but we believe we're going to get this done because we're going to play for him. Nobody had any kind of fractured language that they either spoke of openly or put on social media. So I do like that pick for Detroit. I'm going to give you a different team just because I want to be different. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. I think that's a team. You look at them and say, man, they got a lot of young guys that are frisky in the offensive side of the ball. They can run the football and protect their quarterback. If they can, they got a new defensive coordinator. Joe Barry no longer the defensive coordinator. They bring in Halfley, the former head coach of Boston College. Whatever he's going to bring to the table, Matt LaFleur is a head coach trust enough to think that he's going to get a better performance and effort out of a defense that has talented players, but at times it seemed like they were not lined up properly or maybe it was the wrong scheme for that Green Bay Packers team. Whatever that's going to be, Matt LaFleur has shown with Aaron Rodgers and without Aaron Rodgers that he can fix it and make that work. We saw that midway through this, this past season where people are wondering in the Packers organization if Jordan Love was the guy, and then he played like that the rest of the season, and he was able to pull the defense along with him to be that team that destroyed Dallas and then wind up giving San Francisco more of a game than people thought was going to happen. I got my eyes on the Green Bay Packers. They're in a tough division because we know Minnesota, when Kirk Cousins comes back, that's going to be a tough offense to deal with. If the Bears draft Caleb Williams and they play better toward the end of the season, and right now the Kings have that division on the Detroit Lions, they're going to be in a very competitive division. But they have the young pieces in place that they add a couple of attitude adjustments here on defense. They could be something in the NFC in Green Bay. I have extreme confidence in the Green Bay Packers and what they were able to do uh, towards the middle tail end of the season uh, was great for their team. Those young guys were able to get experience. Talk about experience, not only making the playoffs, but at least getting to the second round in which you had an opportunity to beat the San Francisco 49ers. So for their mental and their psyche, they're saying, hey, man, like we, why, why can't it be us in that Super Bowl next year? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's how the mentality has to be, and not just be in it, but why can't we win it? If anything, the Cowboys should have that mentality. That should be their mentality. Not hoping to get there, if we got the talent to get there, what's your mentality going to be? I like the sneaky hire hiring Mike Zimmer as a defensive coordinator. Whatever defensive deficiencies they've had, uh, he ain't putting up with that foolishness. Guys are going to play hard, and they're going to be out there, and they're going to get a little bit bigger to fortify the defensive line and the linebackers. But they got the right kind of play caller. Hopefully for the Cowboys, that energy from him that he's going to bring is going to transfer the rest of that team that that sense of urgency and being about it and not talking about it when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Harry Douglas, that's him. Hit him on Twitter at Douglas Douglas 83 I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to give you the main thing our NFL teams need to do this offseason. Harry's a Falcons fan, me as a Cowboys, and a Jets fan. Long story, we'll explain later. But what about you? What is the main thing that your NFL team needs to do this offseason? Help your team to help you be a lot better in 2024. 888-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Let us know the main thing that your NFL team needs to do this offseason at 888-729-3776. And you'll be a part of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Celebrating Mardi Gras from the great city of New Orleans because Mardi Gras starts today. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about what is the main thing your NFL team needs to do this offseason. Part of the Freddie and Harry call-in line at 888-729-3776. That's 888-ESPN. But Harry Douglas... Atlanta Falcons, they got one particular need. I'm sure they got others, but the flow, the flow is yours. What does that team of yours need to do this offseason? Freddie, we need a quarterback. Not a quarterback, a quarterback. <laughs> and we need one that's going to be consistent across the board. Not one that's going to throw the football to the opposing team while you're in the red zone. Not one that's just going to lose your football games that you you, you 100% are going – well, let me say 99%, 99% are going to win. Right. <laughs> so – and we had Coach Raheem Morris on. Uh, shout out to him for getting that Falcons job. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a, 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 an amazing leader. But he touched on it, right? Yeah. They feel like the quarterback position is something that has to get addressed. Right. And in order for this football team to move in the direction that they want to move in, yeah. if that's not addressed, then I don't see this football team – moving in that capacity. So yeah. he understands it. Terry Fontenot, the general manager, understands it. But also Arthur Blank as the owner, he understands that the quarterback position is serious. But here's Coach Raheem Morris when we had him on Freddie and Harry recently um, during the Super Bowl week on the quarterback position. We have to explore all avenues. And that means via trade. That means free agency. That means the draft. But you know what it looks like, Harry, right? You yep. played with the guy who really set the standard for the organization on what quarterback play looks like. I was fortunate enough to be around a guy who's setting the standard at two different organizations on what it looks like to be a quarterback with Matthew Stafford. And you're talking about base. You're talking about balance. You're talking about decision-making. You're talking about being decisive on his decision and clicking through progressions. And if we go find that guy in whatever avenue it is and add it with this young roster and this young team and this hungry team, and this hungry, really this hungry community and this hungry state, right? It, it, it's, it's this hungry city. It's going to be special. And I love it from him. Uh, but that's, that's the first thing, right, is understanding and recon, recognizing mm-hmm. what you need to move forward. He didn't mm-hmm. shy away from it. He didn't try to avoid the question. He hit it head on and, and said yeah. what he had to say. Yeah. No, no, There's no doubt because you got weapons on the outside, Drake, Drake London and Pitts in the running game with Robinson Algier. And the offensive line is really, really good with the Atlanta Falcons. And the quarterback position is holding you back. There's no reason not to go after Justin Fields and Chicago Bears. You don't want to overpay for a guy like that, but a guy who needs to change the scenery and will be back in his home state. So you know he don't want to let the fam down. Being down in the Atlanta area, back to the Atlanta Falcons in that state. Yeah, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, that's a guy you should be 
already targeting to make sure that this gets off the on the right foot when it comes to Raheem Morris taking over as coach of the Atlanta Falcons. When it comes to my Jets, simple. Offensive line, move on. That's the tweet. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, my other team, I don't know if they need any players. But the one thing they need, I mentioned attitude adjustment, but they definitely got to get bigger than linebacker. You can't have free safeties or cornerbacks playing linebackers. I know Dan Quinn did the best he had with what he had. You know what? In, 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 in the NFL, when teams will see that and will run the football at you and you can't stop it, you got to find guys that can just eat things up. You got to find those beef trucks in the defensive line that can keep people off your linebackers so they can roam free and get downhill and make plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. You don't need anything offensively. You're good there. You don't need anybody in the secondary. You're getting Trayvon Diggs back. You got him and Deron Bland on the outside. Your secondary set. It's safety in the corner. And you got guys like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Just need to find a little bit of beefiness at linebacker in the middle of the defensive line and have an attitude adjustment if you are the Dallas Cowboys. Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. You heard from us about what the main thing we want our NFL teams to do this offseason. Let's hear from you, part of the Freddie and Harry Collin line. One of our favorites is Eric in New York. Easy E, what's good? Hey, how you doing, Freddie? How you doing, Harry? We're good, my man. What's up, E? Okay, and happy Marty Grass. <laughs> that that is one of the funniest skits ever. That that is a classic, there, you know. And um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to my job, but I want to say this to Harry first. Harry, forget about going to Bristol and help them to snow. You need to come help me. My snow blower would not stop, so I had to shovel. You know, just use the shovel and, and do it all. Now, I don't have the palatial estate that you have, but I, I have a decent-sized property, so uh-huh. I had to put some work in this afternoon. But I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm good. Good exercise, all right? <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I need, um, you know, Shannon and Devin to help me because, you know, that's that's my big blue brothers. You know, we're the triple B, my big blue brothers. Like you know, that. the Giants. So, where do I start? You know, prayers in a time machine. <laughs> I mean, we got to bring back everybody. LT, Bart, Oates, uh, Jason Skimon, Team Nix, uh, you know, Harry Reeses. Uh, bring them all back. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Man. Uh, I said, we saw the offensive line and, and sign, please sign Saquon Barkley. Stop with this. It's a running back. You know, He's the he's the glue, man. He's the guy. Some certain guys you gotta make an exception to me. Bring him back. Get that offensive line. Figure out what you're gonna do at quarterback. You know, Danny Dimes, Lord has mercy. We we need help. We need help. Help me out, brothers. Well, Please help me. Shannon uh, Penn and Devin Kane, Easy E Eric in New York. As you're part of the big blue brother nation, you three. So Devin first and I'm not going to go to Shannon first because he got his head in his hands. I think he's crying right now. So, Devin, how about Eric in New York? How about y'all New York Giants? Listen, cosign retweet. We we, <laughs> go, we go, need a lot of help. Go back to the hot tub time machine. We need a lot of help. He he mentioned it. I agree with Saquon. It, it's it's yeah. more than just he, he is the team. Everyone loves him in the locker room. I think they need to bring him back. I agree. Yeah, Shannon, why are you laughing in the background? I just thought about something. I had a question for you, All right. Mr. Uh, Coleman. Okay. Which team is closer to being contenders in the NFC, the mm-hmm. Giants or the Falcons? Falcons. I mean, you said that really fast. Yeah, you didn't I'm even not, think about man. it for a second. You know why? Because I, yeah, t- I ponder I, exactly. a little bit. No, I'm not going to ponder nothing. Hmm, I'm not going to ponder nothing. Let me think yeah, about yeah, it. No, no, the Falcons are closer because they have more talent than the New York Giants, number one. And number two, they got a better head coach. I'm still not sold on Brian Dable that he is your guy for the New York Giants. And even – 
the quarterback position, I mean, come on now. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley's the heartbeat of that football team. Daniel Jones is nothing without him, and Saquon Barkley still produced without Daniel Jones last year. Raheem Morris' instant upgrade at the head coaching position, that, that's not even a choice. They're also there. in the NFC South. So Man, I just thought that about does this. help as well. Two Giants fans owe me dinner. Uh, oh, one in yeah. Devin Kane, but also yeah. Mr. Ray Hicks. I know you listen to the show oh, faithfully yeah. here in Atlanta, Georgia. So, Mr. Hicks, yeah. I will hold you up to mm-hmm. uh, your 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 bet that you lost, yeah. and I get to spend however much money I want to spend on the Absolutely. dinner. So, if I want to order Louis the Thirteenth, oh boy, you got to pay for Louis the Thirteenth, Mr. Ray Hicks. You're going. I told you, you bet with your heart. Not with your ass. <laughs> free ninety nine is free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. So Shannon, you heard him. Devin, you heard him. And Mister Mister Hicks, you heard Harry's. He he's coming for his food. Period. End of story. He's not mm-hmm. taking no for an answer. Danny in Dayton, Ohio. Danny was the main thing your NFL team needs to do this offseason. I believe the Bengals have to restructure Sam Hubbard's deal. First off, he has paid way too much money and not producing nearly enough. And then we have to go out there and get a three-tech to immediately address the needs at D-line, at defensive tackle. And then we have to address our offensive line through the draft. We are paying top dollar for the worst defensive line in football and top dollar for one of the worst lines in football offensively. We have to fix that immediately. Well, Danny, what about T. Higgins? Don't you want to resign him? Yeah, we we have to resign our talent, but we can, we can always do that. We first have to... We always have to. We can we can tag him first, always, yep. and then we can go to that. We have to it? get through David Mulligan first, though. We have to get by him. We've never done a deal with him. We lost Jesse Bates. If we're not going to get a deal with him, but T, we have to trade him. Well, here's the thing about your offensive line. The last two or three years, y'all have heavily invested in your offensive line. Mm -hmm. So those guys are paid. (laughs) So they're they're just going to have to start producing. Absolutely. uh, more so to protect their quarterback, Joe Burrow. He's been hurt entirely too many times for this offensive line to be paid and compensated in, in that capacity. I can see defensive line getting a more younger guy to spice things up a little bit. I love the secondary, though, and how young the, they, those guys are. Yeah, Owuze, uh, Hilton, Hill, and Battle are really good in the secondary for Cincinnati. But the two linebackers, too, Logan Wilson and also Jermaine Pratt, I, I like those two guys and how they play off one another, too. Yeah, no doubt about that. But in that division, yeah, Pittsburgh – made the playoffs without a quarterback. They believe they're going to get one. Right now, the Cleveland Browns with their defense, Deshaun Watson, if he can stay healthy, you know what they can do. And the Baltimore Ravens are looking down at everybody else. That is a rugged division. Just to try if to Joe Burrow's healthy, though, I'll be yeah. honest, Freddie, if Joe Burrow's healthy, I'm not worried about this team. Okay, because he if raises he, everybody's level? It, it, 100%. And we've seen that the two years that he actually was healthy, right? A Super Bowl appearance and then an AFC championship game the following year. Yeah. It's just when he's not healthy, that's when you have the issues with the Cincinnati Bengals. When he's full capacity, he elevates and raises the play of everyone around him, offensively and defensively. No doubt about that. Zach D. in Houston, what is the main thing your NFL team needs to do this offseason and why? Oh, hey, man. Hey, man. You know, bang, bang, not in the game, man. You know, <laughs> I, it's, it's taking me some time to get over it. But the main thing we need to do is get with that all, that offensive line. Because, uh, man, when when Chris Jones came in at the end of the game and then shut down James from getting his touchdown, it's because both of the linemen went to the other side. Like, I don't want none of that smoke. One went to the left. One went to the right, and Chris Jones just came running up in the middle. And it's a problem. 
Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people put mm-hmm. a lot of a lot more light on the San Francisco offensive line mm-hmm. more so than, than they than they should. Mm-hmm. I know you have Trent Williams, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people on this offensive line that mm-hmm. you know could have played a lot better than in, in, than what they did the entire season. I would say, no doubt about that. And he goes back to that play where in overtime, I know they didn't do this. But I swear, it's like both of those linemen looked at Chris Jones and said, I'm going to make a business decision. And they just laid him into the backfield against Brock Purdy. They looked at Justin Reed and said, I'd rather but block I, the small guy I than the big get, guy. I'm being I funny, would, by the way. I, I know. I, I would never understand how Chris Jones, the best defensive player for the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. comes uh, scot-free. Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. What Steve Spagnuolo in the defense were able to do is create confusion. But yeah, I, yeah. I would think, hey, at some point, I have to block this guy Absolutely, that's a game record. I know we put him up as a game record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They look like they made a business decision. See? <laughs> sure so did. I'm going to block him. Now I'm going to block number 20 instead. I'm going to – he's a lot smaller. <laughs> I can handle him. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We got two pieces of an other news. And it stars this term the best. One involving a legendary rock and roller and number two involving a high school basketball player. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Celebrating Mardi Gras from the great state and city of New Orleans, Louisiana, here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Another reason why this show needs to be simulcast on TV. Didn't see Harry playing the, the air bass guitar. Yeah, he's slapping the bass right now. Getting all funky with it, too. Sometimes you got to get a little physical. Exactly. And boy, you getting physical with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It like that sometimes, Freddie. <laughs> I get it. I understand that. In case you <laughs> missed this kind of news, number one, Usher's Super Bowl 50 halftime performance was the most watched ever, averaging 129.3 million viewers of halftime. What? Yeah, exactly. Of halftime of a Super Bowl game. That was the most watched television event ever in this country. Over 202 million. But Usher's halftime show, Harry Douglas, 129.3 million viewers at average for that 13 minutes of Usher doing his thing on Super Bowl 58 at halftime. I'm extremely happy for him. Uh, you talk about longevity, being able to do it at a high level for mm-hmm. a very, very long time. Right. Y'all know how much I talk about the show in, in Vegas that he had and how he brought the Atlanta, Atlanta to Las Vegas, not just for the halftime show, but also uh, for a very long period of time mm-hmm. and really gave people a show and connected with the audience on a lot of different occasions and now he's going to be going on tour yeah. so looking forward he just added mm-hmm. two more dates to Atlanta two in August and I think three in October so right. you already know my wife want to go to the Usher show so which I got she's s- going you're you, doggone right uh-huh and which means you going <laughs> <laughs> right let, let the truth be told let the truth be told I'll be yeah, right there yeah you better keep her we know it's cheaper as far but as to, that but, goes but tonight man we're, we're going to the concert we're going to see you know okay Chris Brown all right keep you know, going 112, right. mm-hmm. Mario. Okay. So it's me, my wife, yeah. uh, Michael Jenkins, his wife, Roddy okay. White, his wife. So, wow. we, you know. There's going to be some love in that club. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's going to be some love in that club tonight. We'll have us a good time. Yeah, and by the way, Usher got married after the Super Bowl. So it was, it was a really good weekend for him. The got married MVP to his longtime girlfriend. <laughs> what was that? The, the real MVP of the Super Bowl, but y'all not ready for that conversation yet. Yeah. 
I don't know if we'll ever be ready. Shannon, why are your eyes like, I know, like lighting that. up when we talk about Usher? Exactly, man. I guess going to be loving that club tonight. Yeah, for explain Penn. to me. Yeah. You know what? Also, if we're talking about Usher, shout out to Usher in his halftime show. He had two of the bros out there, Cap Alpha Side. Yo, yo, okay, you saw the bros out there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Rep, loving the club with the canes. Uh, 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 for the rep, folks who didn't the, the, fam. Two, the two guys with the canes that were twirling doing their thing. Repping the fam. Shout out. Okay, we got it. We also give shout out. <laughs> We know you know, dear. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. No doubt whatsoever. So that was news that you can use, but there's other news out there that you may not know and you need to use it courtesy of. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. And giving a little love to Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dave Grohl, a two-time Hall of Famer with the Foo Fighters, of course, and also Nirvana. While everybody was having food and chowing down a Super Bowl Sunday, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters and his friends donated over 24 hours of their time barbecuing for the Woodlands Family Shelter in Woodlands Hills, California. He donated his time and his barbecue skills, and he's done this on multiple occasions. For example, back in December, he took a day from the Australian two of the, four, uh, the Australian two of the Foo Fighters to feed the homeless in Melbourne, Australia. Before that, he spent more than 18 hours behind a smoker cooking for at-risk people impacted by winter storms in Southern California. But on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Dave Grohl and his friends hung out with everybody, part of the Hope of the Valley and the Willens Family Shelter, barbecuing for 24 hours to help out those who could use a meal and those in need in California. We're all on this earth, right, to serve in some type of way. It's okay, ladies and gentlemen, when you when you get to a certain spot, or even if you're not in a certain spot, to right. still serve your community. Absolutely. It's okay. A lot of people in, the, in, our, in our world want to be receivers. It's okay to give. No doubt about that. And a guy like that, I mean, a day from his Australian tour, and you go out there and you help the homeless when you could have just rested for the next show, Dave Grohl, man of the people, not just a rock and roll Hall of Famer. And then you have those who decide that if I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to it feels good. Like Sanaya Burks, who is the most prolific scorer in Rice High School basketball history. The most amazing scorer, not my words, the newspaper article's words, in the basketball history of the Golden Circle. In her final home game at Rice on Friday night, she scored 75 points. Excuse me? She grabbed 19 rebounds. What? Had 15 steals. What? Made six three-pointers. Excuse me? She almost tripled the score of the opponent that they played. They won 102 to 27 over Kemp. She scored 75 points. What school is she going to? Well, she she plays at Rice in Texas, Rice High School. Uh-huh. Right now, I'm sure she can go to any school she wants. Oh, she's not committed. <laughs> she may not be committed. Maybe after Friday night, Texas she probably State? is. Oh, that's oh, right. Wow. She's going to Texas State. That's right. Shannon Penn, our producer, going to Texas State. I don't think they have to work on her shooting ability and her scoring ability at Texas hey, State. When, when you can score that basketball, some people are just natural at doing it. She sounds like she's one of those ones that's just natural at putting the ball in the basket. And apparently taking away from the opponent. It's one thing to have 75 points and 19 rebounds. 15 steals. That means you're, you're a complete player. You're not taking plays off. You're not trying to rest on defense. You are what coaches dream of having. Absolutely. 15 steals. Wow. And last but not least, I know a lot of you may not have seen this, but last night the New York Knicks lost to the Houston Rockets, 105-103. to And there was a dispute at the end of the game in which Jalen Brunson was called for a foul with 0.1 seconds left. 
And then the officials part of told the pool reporters that the replay should have not allowed the foul to happen because it happened after the whistle and after the clock had run out, but they didn't change it anyway. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN NBA insider, and you can start laughing in three, two, one. The Knicks are filing a protest with the NBA disputing the loss, and they're wanting to have a chance to play in overtime at a different date because the Knicks and Rockets are not scheduled to play again this season. So we need you guys to fly. Was it a home game for the Knicks? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay, the road. So, so the Knicks are willing to fly back to Houston Yeah. Mm-hmm. and play five minutes of overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, sure. Only right. six protests in league history have been allowed in the NBA. So okay. good luck with that, you the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah, might want to chalk that one up. Certain things make sense. As Shannon Penn, our producer, likes to say, make this make sense. I'm a Knicks fan. This makes no sense to me. Yeah, they completely got jobbed and robbed by the officials. You just got to take that L. Yep. We're going to do that on your day off. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to get fired on your day off, but play a game on your day off? Yeah, not in the NBA. Enjoy the concert, my friend. Tell Chris Brown we said hi. <laughs> Amber and Ian comes your way next. For Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. As always, love Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.